A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. In John's story, Jesus has finished washing his disciples' feet, and Judas has just left the dinner party, ominously disappearing into the night. We might expect Jesus to condemn him, or at least to say, Now the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. But Jesus announces the opposite. Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Now. Not at the moment of crucifixion or resurrection or ascension, but here, at the outset of his ordeal, the moment the betrayer slips away into the shadows. God's redemption is so complete that even the night of shame is transformed into a night of glory. We see a similar moment in the story of the church in the Acts of the Apostles. Last Sunday, Paul and Barnabas suffered persecution and were driven out of Antioch. They went on to Iconium, where the mission was much more fruitful. Rather than shutting down the mission, persecution becomes an engine of the mission. Luke is careful to insist that mission is a matter both of getting doors slammed in your face and of finding doors mysteriously opened. In the midst of much slamming, God is the great opener. Whether we are welcomed or rejected, Jesus commands us to love one another with the same love that loves us. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Notice, Jesus forgot to mention God. He didn't say, love God and love your neighbor. The new commandment is to love one another, just as I have loved you. Psalm 145 gives us a glimpse of how God loves. The Lord is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. God is not an object of our love, but rather the very source and ground of our ability to love one another. When we love one another, we are experiencing the presence of God, That's the deepest reason for the existence of the church. 
We cannot possibly love God without loving one another, because it is only in loving one another that we find out what the word God means. Human beings are created in the image of God. That is why there are no statues in the temple in Jerusalem. People worship God by their treatment of other human beings and by their care for the creation. Humans as the image also meant that people had to care for the creation in the way that God cares. We say something like that in the Lord's Prayer. When we say, Thy kingdom come, what we mean is, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the book of Revelation, the new Jerusalem is the fulfillment of all human dreams for the community. Jerusalem is a city, so the vision is a dream of community. This is not a vision of individuals communing one-on-one with God or Jesus, but rather an interdependent community, a city, living out the essential nature of human life. It's the African notion of Ubuntu, as Archbishop Desmond Tutu explains it, my well-being is wrapped up in your well-being. John notes further that the sea was no more. John is writing this vision exiled on the island of Patmos. The sea separated him from the rest of his community. The sea was no more means that all the barriers to human relationship and community will be gone. And not only all that separates us from loved ones will be removed, but all that separates us from God will be no more. God is all in all. In the end, God. God is in the midst of humanity. There is no temple in the New Jerusalem, because now God's presence is everywhere. We are in God, and God is in us. Behold, God's dwelling is with the human race. God does not say, See, I make all new things, but rather, See, I make all things new. Heaven and earth and we are not obliterated. Rather, we are renewed, made new. Jerusalem was where the story of God's dealing with humanity took place, and there is continuity. This is the new Jerusalem. This is a world in which nothing human is lost. Salvation is beyond, but not without this world. This world right now, in the present moment, is where salvation begins. The new heaven and new earth are coming, and already in our midst. If this is where the world under the sovereign grace of God is finally going, then every thought, move, deed, in some other direction, is out of step with reality, and is finally wasted. I'm reading Father Greg Boyle's latest book, The Whole Language, 
the power of extravagant tenderness. Father Greg is a Jesuit priest and founder of Homeboy Industries, the largest gang rehabilitation and reentry program on the planet. At Homeboy, Greg writes, we say that folks walk through our doors barricaded behind a wall of shame and disgrace, and only tenderness can scale that wall. Greg writes at the time he hired a homie named Julio, who was in possession of the worst attitude to ever walk through our doors. I do remember, as I hired him, that I deliberately chose to be intrigued by him rather than get defensive. Instead of dreading his arrival and the implications of his belligerence, I opted for curiosity. Way better. It worked out. In early Christianity, Greg notes, it was illumined love, not the law, that drove the vehicle. In this way, as Hafiz suggests, we are house-sitting for God. We share God's royal duties. Tenderness reflects the foundational notion that there is no us and them, only us. Kinship cannot happen without tenderness. Only in community can we step away from the scapegoating of our times and humanize the other by loving them. We all long to be lost in such a place.